Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Neil and Not Standing. I'm delighted to be joined by Pete Taylor. Pete, firstly, thanks so much for giving up your time to have no, a chat thanks. with me. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to this. Yeah, I suppose you have a fascinating story. Um, and I suppose um, a lot of people have been asking me to get you on. I've had a few boxers on where people said you have to get Pete on. So I don't know a whole lot about your, your wider story. So I'm looking forward to hearing it today. So I suppose just to start off, do you want to take me... You grew up in England, so tell me what life was like going up to England and then coming over to Ireland so up to that point. So yeah, um, I grew up in England. I left the, um, I left home when I was twelve. Um, I left. I was on. I moved down to London um, when I was twelve, which is very young. Um, I worked in a few holiday camps over there. Um, then I came over to Ireland when I was fifteen. I, I came over I was boxing and um, I stayed. My first few nights were spent on the seafront and Bray freezing and um, then I got a job in the amusements so that was that's how it all started so um, was, I've been in Ireland since I was 15. How have you found it because like coming over at that time was it hard you know being English coming into Ireland was that tough? Yeah at the time well obviously because that was in the 80s you know it was it was tough enough but I like um, can I just speak can I just get you just move that mic it'll just in a little bit closer yeah. towards it. Is it bad? I can go I can go far okay. um, yeah it was tough enough but um <laughs> I fit in well. Um, I, st I started working on the seafront in Bray on the amusements, um, and I was there for a couple of years. And um, you know, I started working straight away, and I joined Bray Boxing Club then. And um, then I was boxing out Bray Boxing Club, boxed out Venice Getty then for a year, and then I St Saviour's Boxing Club as well. So um, yeah, I fit in fairly fairly easy. And how like you spoke there about boxing? You know, that's that's what you're known for. How did you get into it? Where where did the love start? I was boxing in England. I boxed from the age of 11. Um, a few fights in England as well, and so like I've always, I've always loved boxing. Um, nobody in the family boxed. Uh, it's just something I, I, I took to, you know, and um, I've loved it. And um, then when I finished boxing, I think I had my last um, amateur fight when I was 35, and then I just went straight into coaching because I, I wanted to get. I only took went into coaching because I wanted my kids to box. I'll see if they wanted to box anyway. I didn't force them to. They were all into mad into sport anyway, so just took my kids into the boxing club and just decided to have a new own club in Bray and outside Old Car because I, I was living in Old Car and there was no club there, there was no boxing club in Bray at the time, so I opened a club in Bray. And how, how was the opening for that and you know producing boxers and obviously you said you had your kids and stuff like that going there, so what was the the journey of like setting the boxing club up and that? Yeah, we, we, his first club was a big old tin can. It was um, on the Boggle Road. It's knocked down, well knocked down now. And um, it was infested with rats. And we, were, we had it two nights a week. Um, we trained in there from seven. We used to train. We used to be there still there at 11 o'clock at night. And we ran his first club show up, up in, that, in the hall. It was jammers. We had just all local lads boxing. And um, you couldn't get into the club. It was jammers every single night. We used to have to hang the bags out of the ceiling, pull up a ring every night. It was a. It took half an hour to to set up and a half an hour to set um, put back down. But like this, <laughs> yeah, not like this. And this is this is modern compared to that. We, it was actually they were the best days. Actually, you know, we used to meet up at the club, go over to St Killian's Field. We used to play. We used to play a game of football for a warm up for forty minutes. Well, till, till my team won, if it could go on for an hour and a half until we got the finals, till we won, you know, there's some cheating going on there. And uh, then we used to train, 
Then we used to, the hall was that big, we could play an indoor football match. We used to finish off in an indoor football match. It was, training was mad, we used, to go on for, we used to be going for too long. And um, my kids used to have to go for school then and be falling asleep in the, in the, in the classroom the next day because we'd, we'd be leaving there after 11, 12 o'clock at night. But um, I was great, great times. You, you spoke to me just off air. This is kind of a little bit uh, off point, but like you, you, you do seem to have a huge passion for getting kids playing, whether it's football, boxing. You, you, you like to have that, I suppose. Um, like me, I love seeing kids playing football on the fields or whatever. It, it, when I see it, I'm like, it takes me right back to that moment. Yeah. You seem to to thrive in that environment, sort of thing. Yeah, like it's too much now. We were just saying off air, so much is Xbox, Playstations, all this stuff now. And, you know, uh, years ago, everybody was out on out on the on the grass. If there's a bit of green grass, everybody was out playing. Um, I used to come home from work in Oakhall. We used to have a big bang there. And we had football posts up there. We used to be playing football. I used to be playing ball with the kids till like 11, 12 o'clock at night, and then you'd get up for work. And then we we used to we set up and it was actually on the front page of the Herald because there was no club in Bray at the time. We used to we set up barrels and a rope around it and all the kids used to be up sparring as well, you know? So we'd have a game of football and then we'd, we'd have them all out sparring. And, and it's great to see kids participating, you know, in, in whatever sport it is, if it's, if it's tennis, if it's whatever it is, soccer, I don't mind. Like they should be out playing, you know? Yeah, well, I think, I think the kids that you would have had in that time, I'm sure they look back fondly at those memories and you gave them something to look forward to most days, you know? And yeah, kept them out of trouble. Yeah, they kept them out of trouble. And like, they still have, uh, Still in contact with me, I know they still send me messages and, and a lot of them say I wish they missed it. Still, they missed the club there, you know, and even even the club in Bray now, you get, get messages constantly. I wish they missed the club in Bray, you know, but um, yeah, it's um, I just think the world's taken over too much over with PlayStations now, and I think the next in, in the future, the next Olympics will be on the PlayStation and. <laughs> no, Esports, yeah. yeah, that's what it will be. There'll be no one actually running around the tracks. Yeah, but like I just, for me, like if I if I grew up in that environment, I'd always have a soft spot for yourself. You know, you, you gave kids an opportunity to do something. And you said like, you lived in Oldcourt. I know people who live in Oldcourt. I had family lived there. It's not the nicest area. So to have something or an outlet to get away from maybe what might, you might be coming from a broken home or whatever to get out and do something. So that's huge credit to you for I suppose taking them in. Yeah, luckily I came from a broken home myself, and um, but the, the the nicest people in Oldcourt like the great people it usually is the way you know you're, yeah. you're from a council estate you're, you're yeah. yourself sorry great people and everyone it was, it was community it was a great community there you know and um, when i moved out of all court yeah, yeah i missed that as soon as i moved out of all court um, after the olympics i missed that community straight away like that was the one thing that killed me the most i missed that community you know um you could knock into anybody people have been knocking into you it was actually great you know and um you know there's a lot said for council estates, I think, you know. Well, that's it. I think everybody's there for each other. Now, you're going to have your bad eggs and good eggs, you know, like everywhere else. But the, the most part, you, there's people that you can count on. If you were out of, the, out of town for a couple of days, you might be able to ask a neighbor to mind the kids or whatever, or vice versa, yeah. you know what I mean? You so could, that's that's what it's all about. You could leave your key in the door, anything, you know, and you knew, you, you knew it was grand, you know. And uh, I like this community was unbelievable. Yeah, well, we spoke about um, your kids and that. So, how was the boxing for getting your kids? Because we know Katie's obviously gone on to to start them and stuff like that. But what what was the journey? Because you were there for the whole journey upwards, and you had other kids there, so you were obviously training them. And I believe Katie got involved later on because the lads were doing it. So, from your own point of view, how how was that? And yeah, the story is like I was training with Katie boxing anyway. I was training from it 
it was my last year in amateur boxing. He had to stop amateur boxing at 35. So um, I went up, we took Katie up to, I was in Enniskanny Boxing Club for the last year. So I just, I had no babysitter that night, I think, and that's what it was. And um, so I brought Katie up to the boxing club with Mueller's son Peter. And Lee was, Mueller's son Lee was already a member. And um, Katie would be skipping away in the club, was skipping away in the club, because um, it was my last year of boxing. And uh, I looked over next to me, Katie was inspiring with all the lads. And um, I was, and then just I said when I finish boxing then I'm going to set up my own club because I was never happy with the coaching in, in, in the boxing you know I thought we should be doing this we should be doing that instead of going in it's every day skipping bags sparring there was no actually no disrespect to the old coaches because that's that's all they, oh, that's all they, they knew that we, they, they didn't have it they didn't have access then to the internet to YouTube looking at people out how, how the coach thought that there wasn't any coaching seminars for people so I said when I own my club it's going to be um I'm going to teach people how to box properly, you know, and then that's how it kind of all started with Katie, you know. So, so that's that's where it all started. Yeah. Now the video cut off there a second ago, but you were kind of going about, you know, the back to the basics of the gym and all when when it got renovated and stuff like it kind of lost its touch. Yeah. No. Then I set up a, I set up a gym then in Bray and big tin tin hall just outside in Oldcourt. We were JJ was right infested. He was in bits. It was, you know, and um, it was just. You used to go in, you smell of sweat and everything, and um, it was just brilliant. Like uh, just a brilliant atmosphere in the club. You, you just you'll never get that feeling again. And even when we got the new club in Bray, when it, after the after the Olympics and it got renovated, it was never the same. It was just just too modern, and, and I don't know. We you just you just uh, lose lose. Uh, it just loses that touch of. Um, you know what a boxing club should be. You know, um, and I, I think um, you know it, it spoils it. And, and um, just I, I just I, didn't, I never really I never really fell in with it with a new mm, club. It becomes privileged then, yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's like I said. I think I said it's like the Rocky film when Rocky after he won the title against uh, against Apollo Creed, they started training these these posh places, you know, and then. You know, Mr. T was playing it, training in the roof area. You, you just, you just lose something, you know. You just, you lose the, I don't know. Just, lose, I think you lose that hunger nearly, because it's, it's just too nice for you. Yeah. You know, we used to go into the club in Bray. We used to have one of these bleeding gas here. Yeah, you'd be freezing, you know, like you'd be, and you need, you needed, you needed a warm up because you'd be so cold, you know. Yeah. What I mean? And um, I think it takes you back though, because you, you want to have that hunger to then get a facility like that. Now, obviously, you, you said it with the Olympics and stuff like that, that it lost that touch. But before that, that was the hunger that got you to that point, I, was, I would say. Yeah, you know, you know what? You know, it's a bit like football. It was like when, you, when you're training in a place like this, it's a bit like Marino with Chelsea. It was, it was against everyone else. Look at the shit all we're training in. You know, all these other places have got these great clubs and we're training the shit all. So we'll, we'll prove them all wrong, you know. You know, when I was going away with um, Katie to, to international tournaments and it's even like Russia, they had all these nice gyms, unbelievable. And we'd be training out of, out of uh, a kit there, you know, in Bray. And you'd be saying, Gee, well, we're still beating them, you know what I mean? And uh, you know, see, imagine if we had these facilities, we'd be even better than that. But it's bullshit, you know. You know, seeing it, you, you you win from your inner strength at the end of the day, you know. And it's like we were talking earlier, like get all these, you know, these fancy astro astro pitches and this. You learn when you're playing football. You learn football playing on the streets. That's actually where you learn it from, just playing on the streets. And and I think, 
everyone nowadays is nearly it's nearly over coaching isn't it yeah. you know he's, he's taking he, he takes they almost the coach the street footballer out of the place he does like look at Wayne Rooney's first game like I know we're talking about football now and I'm a football <laughs> expert but Wayne Rooney's first game when he came on against Everton he tried shooting from the bloody halfway and I think he hits the bar does he or does he score I can't remember but uh, you never saw him doing that again I say he got the arse out of him afterwards he don't be doing that he's possession mm-hmm. football and he takes that little bit of excitement out of him you know and I think that's why people like to still love likes of Messi and all that because they still do their individual stuff you know she, you know it's the same with boxing you know he takes uh, you know you just I don't know so you find there's a lot of overcoaching in boxing then I, I don't think there's a lot of overcoaching in boxing but you know I th- sometimes at the higher level internationally there is you know like sometimes the lads that say I, 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 was, I was guilty of it myself at, at one stage you know like even with Kay and she, she wouldn't even she wouldn't throw a punch without saying do this, one, two, double jab, double jab, this and that, and you'd be saying, and then he kind of overcoaches them, they're nearly waiting for instruction all the time, you know, and then you've got to kind of cop on and say, geez, they've got to do this, do this on their own, you know, and, um, you know, there can be a little bit of overcoaching, and, it, and I think overcoaching is like overtraining, it's actually, it's actually, overtraining is worse than undertraining, and I think overcoaching is worse than, can be worse than undercoaching mm. as well, you know. burn out people as well, can't it, so? Yeah, like, they, they lose confidence as well, because they, the thing, Jesus, my coach is not there. You know, I think a good coach. I think it's like uh, all these psychologists, uh, these sports psychologists. Uh, like a good a boxer should, uh, any anybody should be able to go and perform without his coach being there. You know, he shouldn't. Yeah. He shouldn't be depending on his coach. You know, the coach should only be adding an extra one percent. You know, if the coach can't make it, they should still be able to be confident enough to get in the ring. Up on a football pitch and, and play, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I suppose taking it into the next stage, then your coaching development and Katie. Um, I know I've heard previously that you know we had to get, or sorry, not we, you had to get Katie in wearing headguards into fights because she wasn't allowed to fight with boys and stuff like that. So how did that that journey of kind of her coming in and then up into the Olympics? So tell us all that kind of journey from your own point of view. Oh, look, it was you were mad, there for the whole thing. Yeah, so. it was a mad journey because I used to, I used to feel so sorry for Katie because she, she'd be a nice part of the lads and the lads would be going off winning or competing in all islands, winning all islands. And she'd, she'd be beating the lads in sparring and it just wasn't fair she just couldn't she wasn't she was doing all the training exactly the same amount of training as the lads but she wasn't getting any fights you know and um, it was obviously she was playing football she was running she was doing all the other sports but it was heartbreaking for her so we started running club shows I said I'm going to put you on a club show against the boy and she can't she can't box a boy she can't box a boy and okay that's grand so I just put a headgear on her and uh, let her into the ring without headgear just keep your head down don't say nothing Got a referee had agreed to it, you know. And uh, so did, did the ref know what was going on? No, sometimes. Just, just depends what referee <laughs> it was, you know. Yeah, no matter. And um, we, a few times it did, we got, we got suspended over it. But um, just let a fight. And it's like, at the end of it, like, like it was okay when she was 11 and 12 boxing, but and she'd be beating the, the boys easy enough then. Then, when say she got around 14 or 15, it was getting a little bit more difficult because, firstly, you got to look at the feelings for the boys. If he gets beaten by a girl, it, it was horrible for him. You know, we went to a few fights. Uh, she was in boxing and she beat the lads. She'd be stopping lads in in in, in, in fights. 
it's terrible for the lads because they'll be getting slagged. So then you have to be conscious of how the lads are feeling as well, you know what I mean? So you really have to get the lads to a lad to agree to boxer then because it would be too embarrassing for them getting beaten by a girl, you know. So as she got older it got more and more difficult, but we well, just kept pushing the IABA to to get her a fight and get her a fight and then they, they had there were nothing at all to do with it, you know. It's, it's like I say, when she win the gold, oh, we supported Katie Taylor, we supported, didn't support nothing. It was an absolute nightmare with them, you know, we bringing them saying, no, we're not interested, we're not interested. And then, um, eventually, I, I was plaguing them that much that they, they eventually they put around on, I can't remember what year, it was 2001 maybe? 2001, yeah. Yeah, um, in the written down there. Yeah. No, 2001, yeah, I think it was... Um, for a sanctioned women's belt, the first year I think it was in November, sometime in November, and I guess the Lana Murphy from the North Lanas used to go away with us, and um, Sandy Lee fought that night as well. Would you believe Nicola Adams fought? She won an Olympic gold as well. She fought against a girl out of my club, Debbie Rogers. Um, two other girls fought as well. So there's three fights, but Kay was the first fight, and uh, she got fired of the night above all the lads, above Andy Lee as well. You know, Class. and um, she got fired of the night, and then I kind of made everybody sit up. But you still, we still had problems. You still, they still weren't letting a box, you know. And then we, every time it was an international, I said, "Will you ask them if they've got a women?" Oh no, there's no girls. Oh, we're not fetching girls over. So I, I started paying opponents to come over. So I said, "Look, I've got a girl to fight. I'll pay for the fares." And so that's what we do. So we fetch a girl, and she started boxing on a few internationals. Then eventually, we, we tried to get into the high performance team. They didn't want to know as well, you know. And then. Then eventually they said, well, we're going to send her away to um, first tournament was in um, Italy. So we went to Italy, to, she boxed in, in Italy. Um, Alana went as well. Alana was away above her. That Alana was the one that she fought for the sanction belt, yeah? That was, this was the first multi-nation she fought in. Oh, no, the first multi-nation, sorry, I'm getting wrong. The first multi-nation she fought was in Norway. We went over to Norway to fight in a multi-nation. Okay, yeah. But that was after the first sanction belt. About two years after it was. That's how long it took us Jeez, to get a, yeah. a fight after that. So she went away to Norway and boxed um, two lads went over there as well. And um, she won gold over there. And she was only 17. So winning a multi-nations gold at the time for even for the lads to win was a big thing. So everyone took took up a notice then. So then you, you were confident she was going to win all this anyway, were you? Yeah, or I was just give, I was saying just give her an opportunity, you know. And then... Uh, so they sent her away then to Italy to, for another tournament with Alana and uh, the world champion was in it uh, the current women's world champion was in Katie's weight you know um, she was 35 Katie was only 17 so Katie beat the Italians she beat, she beat she had three fights to get to the final and then she got against the world champion in the final and I rang the stadium and said I don't know if I'm going to let Katie fight in the final she's only 17 she's still only a child this girl this woman's 35 you know um, she was unbeaten you know she won two world titles her name was Jennifer Ogg like muscular like mm. just, it was like a woman against that yeah when that's your daughter at the same time as, as, as well as, well as you nah, being a coach yeah. don't know if I'll let her fight and they say no I don't think you should let her fight so I went for a walk with Katie then uh, the morning of the, the, the when she was meant to box in the final so I don't think I'll let you box this one and she says die she says since, since we arrived here and I knew she was in the tournament she said all I wanted to do was meet her. I just want to fight her. She said, I don't care. I didn't care if it was the first fight or the final. I want to fight her. That's all I come here. When I knew she was here, that's all I wanted to do was fight the world champion. So that's said, a different oh, mentality, mentality, though, isn't it? You know, yeah. She says, I, I, I knew even in the semi-finals, I was thinking that 
she'd, she'd watched the one fight in the semifinals. She said, I'm just thinking, I hope she wins, I hope she wins. I want to fight her in the final. And she said, even in the semifinal, it was hard to concentrate because I wanted to fight this one in the final. So I said, right. So I said, she was 17, so we put her in and she beat the world champion. That made everybody get the one. Jeez, she's after beating the world champion, yeah. you know. And it was only Katie's, um, you won her 200 fights or something. And it was Katie's fifth competitive fight, you know. And uh, so that was uh, so that was the start of the journey, really. I think you know, and That's then uh, they couldn't ignore her. Then they, they couldn't ignore her. She like because none of the lads had been world champions. Yeah. So they couldn't ignore her, you know. And she be she was in there sparring. Then she they face her into the high performance team on the first day. She was sparring Paddy Barnes, you know, Olympic boxer, yeah. Olympic, yeah. And then she'd be sparring Michael Conlon and Carl Frampton. She'd be in there, and nobody would take it easy. She'd be to be it'd be like 100 percent full, full on full on um, are you never worried like I know you said she's beaten you know boys or men maybe at that stage um, but she was still going in fighting them and you were never were you never worried like that she couldn't hold her own I know like, from a father point of view I'm yeah, also like, you know I was you're always the father first and and, and the coach second and um, yeah obviously you're, you're worrying but the more the more I see in the boxing the more the confident I got with them and then and then he wasn't lucky, it was awkward as well. Like when we went, we used to go away to the training camps, but we'd never go to a girls' training camp. We'd always go to the men's training camps with the lads. She said, I don't want to train with the girls. She said, I want to be better than the men. So I don't want to be the best girl. She'd just say, I want to be the best man. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. so it's like I said, nowadays it's all girls' football teams, it's all girls' boxing teams, but you're only going to be the best girl if you train with girls. So, I'm not. This is not. This sound discrimination. But the lads are better. The better boxers, the better footballers, because they're stronger. They're, they're, and he's the history of it. They've done it all their lives. You know what I mean? They've well, well I, I, I get your point because, like, the Irish women's national team manager now, Vera Powell, is saying that the girls are only going to get better by playing with men. So, yeah. what you're saying is correct. So yeah, that's why. In I case so. someone tries to jump on that. Which yeah, well, that's something yeah, you're not actually trying to say in a derogatory term. Yeah, I'm not trying to say. I'm just saying that he's a. She didn't want to be the best girl. She wanted to be the best that was there. So if she trained in the high performance with the lad, she wanted to be the best trainer there. She wanted to yeah. train the best. Uh, she wanted to be the best at sparring. If she had a bad spar, she'd be disappointed. So we, when we went away to the international training camps, the lads, you know, the Russians, and I'm saying, it's a girl here. And then they'd say, will, she, will you spar? And they'd be going, ah, they didn't want to spar. And then after the first round, then they'd be bloody... They'd have to start sparring then, you know, the first round would be like nearly smiling and sparring a girl and Katie would be punching the heads off them then and then they'd have to start fighting then, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, the, the more she boxed, the more confident I got in her ability, you know, obviously, and uh, obviously uh, every time she she fought, every time she sparred, you, as a father, you're worried because she's your daughter and you don't want to come in out with, uh, the lads can wear a broken nose, the, the girls can, you know, that kind yeah. of way, you know, so. Yeah. So you're you're kind of at that stage. You're still having problems with the IABA. You want to get Katie fighting at the Olympics. There's no women's Olympics. She has to fight like I would say like almost an exhibition fight to prove that she can. Uh, or sorry, that women's boxing is at that level. Yeah, we so had to go over to. How was all that? We went to Chicago into the men's worlds, and um, it's where Paddy Paddy Barnes qualified for the Olympics that year. You know, for Beijing, and he said, "Okay, you'll fight." A girl called Katie Dunn, she was a weight above her, world champion, the weight above her. And uh, if it's a good fight, the Olympic Committee will decide if women's boxing can go to, to Beijing. So it's great, it was, this is going to be great, you know. Um, so first it was great to be picked as the poster girl to go there. And then 
fighting another world champion away above you now so it was great so the two world champions fighting to see if the standard was good enough so and then on the on the men's it was the men's olympic qualifiers and the world championships in chicago so we went over to chicago and um so the, it was all the pressure on us you know put up a good show now this is how you how you use all use boxes depends on how the the olympics if the olympics will be in beijing so katie was buzzing for that you know so just for chance women women's olympics will be in beijing a huge she, pressure on her though huge pressure on her and you and yeah yourself. yeah but um so the bell went she was she was buzzing for it. the bell i always remember the bell went for the first round boom she stopped you one in the first round so <laughs> 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 going oh. they didn't allow the women in beijing because they weren't you know it was just it was too just she was just too dominant dominate yeah and uh Domination. It, and the, i remember the women's association oh, okay you shouldn't have done that yeah she's you want me you wanted me to find a good show you know what do you want me to do carry her for three rounds like you know and um but there's always the, a danger she could have got sparked she could have sparked as well but so the because uh, she was fighting a girl away yeah. above her so uh it wasn't passed for beijing she, it was heartbreaking when what year was beijing LP? that was 2008 okay yeah and i think kk was actually even like she won 2012 you know but she, in 2008 she was the same she was she'd have i think she'd have walked 2008 if it had been in and um it was and they won't mind they only did they only made the decision six months before beijing as well they, they kept stringing on oh, it's gonna go it's gonna be passed it's gonna pass no, it yeah because you would have to book flights and everything yeah, else on and top then, of yeah, that. Think, oh, the olympics you know when the, when the qualifiers are when the qualifiers are then uh, then we heard on the radio we didn't get told even heard on the radio women's boxing is not in the olympics so that was heartbreaking for her to carry on then because i thought this will make or break it if she wants to box or if she doesn't because mm. Well, she was playing football for Ireland, she right ball she, for Ireland yeah. as well, you know, and um, she just she very really good at it too. Yeah, she won the FAI under 19s Player of the Year, and so I she, know lads that were playing with her that said she was unbelievable. Yeah, she and was, there's always that video of her tackling some lads. She slides in. You've probably seen it. Yeah, I seen it. Yeah, I think Derek uh, he runs Keep It on the Deck. He knows her. Um, I think it was against was that against Cherry Archer. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she creamed some lads for the yeah, slide tackle yeah. and. Uh, like that in the boxing as you say with the boys it was probably quite similar yeah they weren't expecting it thought it was funny bang she hits them and then yeah. they kind of take it serious then yeah yeah you should play well for the boys she used to play on the on the on the, on the right hand side of midfield but for the for the women's team she played center mid you know yeah but, scored uh, some goals yeah but yeah so it was disappointing so i said look just concentrate on the football play a little bit bomb bon. but she carried on training away and training away and now she's not again in all fairness Irish Sports Council were very good to her. They funded her. So she got on funding then. And then, um, then again, again, the association, the boxing association, she was playing in the Europeans, the women's Europeans were in, in Dublin at the time. Don't know if they, it was in the under 21s or not. But she'd been, she'd been selected to go to, to Turkey to box as well at the same time, like a week after the European, after the football, and she was captain of their women's team. So she went into the training camp with the women's team and then I used to, I was going over to the hotel to train and after she trained with the football, I was training with the boxing. So the IABA then said, where's Katie, why is she not in training? And she's, she's captain of the Irish women's team, they're playing with the Europeans. It's the first time the women's football has been televised um, and she's the captain, so um, she's playing in the European Championships. So they said, if she doesn't turn up training, she's not going to Turkey to box in the multinations. So I said, that's fine. She's not. She won't go then. But she's not pulling out. She's committed to the football. 
So but she's not pulling out. I said, so, so you're going to punish her for being captain over there? Irish women's team. Huge achievement. Huge, yeah, huge achievement. I said, so I said, when the media are asking, why she not going to Turkey? I said, sure, you can tell me now that you, you pulled her out because she's the captain of the Irish football team and she's she's not going to leave them stranded, you know? So anyway, I, like a week before the tournament, they, came, they pulled myself and Kate into the office and said, uh, oh, you can't go. Not the one now. I said, we stopped training. And when you said she wasn't going, we stopped training for it. I said, so she didn't go. So then, kind of knew we were serious then. Like, we, she wasn't going to mess around, like, you know. And uh, so that was just you know, one of like, 10 million battles you'd have with the IABA, you know what I mean? And now she's sure looking with them. Um, all the girls that are winning now, Kelly, all these girls, if it wasn't for all these battles and, and, and going through these, there'd be no, there wouldn't have been women's boxing. Like even now, even for even for the professional boxing now, women won't be getting paid what they're getting paid. They won't be headlining shows if it wasn't for 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 Katie making the the strides there as well. You know yeah. what I mean? So it, it sounds like a huge headache as well. The, the battles that you were having and then eventually getting in there. You know, what was the journey like from from the the battles to getting to the actual Olympics? And how that must have felt to finally be there, you know. Ah, oh, no, it was great. Like, we, like, look, the even a few times, they they, they said, "Oh, we don't want you traveling with Katie. We're going to get a different coach for her." And every time I didn't go, it's like she she got she get beaten. She two 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 tournaments she won, she got beaten in them, and because they didn't want you there as well, they just they just kind of always trying to cause problems, you know. But eventually, when when we got to the Olympic Games, it was like. Is, is it, people don't realise the, the achievement that was because you know the, the battles getting there and getting to the just just getting there and the, and the, the getting to the Olympic Games was so difficult because the qualification so much pressure on the qualifications you know so we went over to China to qualify and um, so you go to the other side of the world to, to qualify you know and you had to get to at least the semi-finals at that stage to qualify you know and uh, the qualification process for the Olympics at that time it was crazy it was you know because you had to have so many from Australia to us you know what's that Australian Australia New Zealand America you had to have so many from uh, Asia and so many from Europe but Europe was the strongest it's the strongest continent for boxing you know uh, it's 60 kilos so the first girl Katie beats in the in the um, world qualifies for the uh, qualifies for the Olympics because Kate is uh, seeded number one. So so she qualified, she was beating people, beating people, and then she got to the, she won, the, she won them in the bench eventually, but getting to the semi-finals was the only time we actually qualified. There was so much pressure on the qualification. I mean, it, the qualification was mad. One of the girls, a European girl, Ingrid Egner, her name is, she beat a girl, Queen Underwood, who had given Kate a tough fight before in the quarterfinals at the Worlds. And Queen Underwood qualified because she was the last American in it and she didn't qualify. That's how bad the, the qualification process yeah. is in, you know. <laughs> you can beat a girl and she qualifies and you don't qualify because there's more Europeans in it, you know. So the Olympics doesn't really make was, sense, does it? doesn't make sense. The Olympics is not there. It's the pressure's the biggest, it's the biggest pressure, but it wasn't the hardest tournament to win. The world's was much harder to win than 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 actually the Olympics, you know? Yeah. So to get in from that then you've obviously again that sounds like another headache on top of the other problems you were having then the qualification sounds like an issue but you got to the olympics what was that like the training leading up to it and then 
Or was it far? Was it was the qualifications and the actual Olympics far apart? Six six months. Oh, six months. So you yeah. would have had six months training. Yeah, six months training. We went to a few. We were only going to like say, we stopped going to the multinational tournaments then and stuff like that because it's they're also political. You know, you could beat someone up and then you still lose. You know, so and for someone to get Katie's name on the res resume was was would have been great for him. So we stopped going to multinationals because it's just so much cheating going in the IABA there's everyone seen in Rio as well you know so we say we're not we're not going to go over to these multinationals we'll only go to like the Europeans and the world so we we, we had tournaments in Bray and we started running club shows in Bray when we were fetching international opponents up getting ready for the getting ready for the um, Olympics and then we went away to training camps in, in Italy and we fetched a few lads over a few Irish lads over Eric Donovan Dean Walsh and um Tyrone McCullough was with yeah. me. Uh, was yeah. with me now. We took him over to Italy for Very a finest. Yeah, yeah. So we, we took all them over and uh, just that's so we, we we nearly prepared ourselves for the for, for the Olympic Games, you know. And then um, they, I, 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 to be honest, I didn't enjoy the Olympics because of the pressure. There, there was so yeah. much, you know. Like if, if Kay had got silver, then uh, it'd have been a it'd have been a, a negative, really, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Because it'd have been a failure. Is that by you or by them? And uh, I think for uh, for the country, even you know, I mean, because there's so much expectations on on K going away to London. Right, yeah. I suppose London was the closest li the island will ever have it. the Olympics, wasn't it? You know, what I mean, yeah. just over the water. But yeah, I remember the first fight against Natasha Jonas. She just oh, we just won a world title last night. Funny enough, um, I remember the first fight. Like in against the English GB boxer, you know. Jeez, the atmosphere was unbelievable. I remember in the changing rooms going, Jesus, pressure on this is unbelievable. K went out to get a bandage stamped, and the crowd was going, man, he made he make that. If I had hair, he made the hair stand up on the back of my <laughs> neck, and um, and yeah, he was the pressure was unbelievable. But you know, you, I obviously had to stay calm, you know. Well, what was that like for, just for you then? Because, um. You know, I'm sure you must have had some sort of anxiety, you know, leading into the fight. Although you were calm, you were probably putting on a front. That yeah, I was putting on a front. Like I was, like, not in a minute. My nerves were shattered. You know, yeah, like huge like, crowds huge and crowd pressure as well. And K going in the TV favorite, cameras, TV cameras. But then when you went into the stadium, it's the highest noise that's ever been recorded in an Olympic stadium. It was higher than uh, the reckon bigger decibels than a jet taking off oh. the noise was unbelievable like like even when I was shouting in during the fight she couldn't hear me because of the noise with the noise of the crowd you know and um, it was a great fight as well between her and Jonas as well and um, well it was you know but the game Kate's mentality to, after the fight the interview was, oh, it was a great fight it was a great fight Jay's women's boxing is really flying you know and it was a great uh, Exhibition of uh, women's boxing, and there was, everyone was going out. Oh, the great fight, how great the fight was. And Katie said, "Yeah, that's over now. We've got to concentrate on the next fight. Don't want to talk about it anymore." So she just had that focus. She just switched to the next mm. fight, which was against. And she seems to have kept that kind of mentality still to this day, quite yeah, a bit. Like you know, like I think I think Katie boxed out with a fear of losing. She just doesn't want that fear. She, you know, I remember when one time we got a decision against her in the Czech Republic. Yeah, she was heartbroken, like it was horrible to see it, you know. But, you know, it, it's that, this time she was in her 20s and 
and you'd think somebody had died, you know. But as I say this to all my boxers, that's how you should feel if you lose. You know, if you lose a fight, you should feel like that. You know, you should feel like a, a bloody death because you should want to, you know, you should want to win so much. You know, you know, you should be willing to sacrifice yourself in there. You know, and it's no use afterwards saying, "Oh, it's a judge's fault. Oh, it wasn't myself. Oh, whatever." You should be dragged out of the ring. You know, you should push yourself to the, to the limit. And I hate this when the lads fight and afterwards they smile. Oh, I was having this, I'm having a few pints and all this. You should be devastated. Shouldn't want to win that much. You should be devastated, you know. Yeah. And, and you're never going to be a you're never going to be a champion unless you have that feeling. You know, like, it's a fear of failure. Yeah, yeah. Like, but not have a fear of failure that you know. Sometimes you can be so afraid to lose that you can you won't you yeah, can't win yeah, but as it's well. To drive you. Yeah, but yeah, you need it to drive you. You know. You know sometimes you see people as they're so afraid to lose that they won't show a punch because they don't they're afraid to commit to anything. You know, so you just get through through the fights. But you just gotta. Have, you know, when you're knackered, you know, the last few rounds, just say, just don't want to, you just bite down on a gum shield and push yourself, you know, I mean, that little bit more, you know. Because at the end of the three seconds after the fight, you're, you're fresh again. Really, you know what I mean? So, it's one thing that does my head in. <laughs> <laughs> but how was, it, how was it then actually winning the goals? Because at that moment, you, sh you surely must be like, whew, relief. Yeah, well, when the was it relief or, it was relief. or, or uh, yeah, yeah, you know it, you just you just you just have to say that it was just relief. I, I wasn't um, jubilation was the other word I was thinking of. Yeah, it wasn't jubilation. It was relief. relief. Okay, like it's actually it wasn't like we went. She had to do the drugs testing then. She was doing two or three hours doing the drugs testing, you know, and then we went. We're at two o'clock and we're in Piccadilly in London in McDonald's um, with a. Olympic gold medal in, in the pocket. Having a, having so a casual. <laughs> so casual, yeah. Actually, it was actually in my pocket. Just sat there and uh, having, a, having a... A cheap big, meal. Like, yeah, cheap meal, you know, because by the time she'd finished drug testing, um, there was nowhere open. McDonald's, late night, McDonald's the only place open. Yeah, we, got well. a we got a taxi over there and then... Living by the way, actually, my tracksuit bottoms, you know, it was mad, you know. It's mad how casual that was. Yeah. Like, cool as well. Yeah. It's a cool memory for you to have. Yeah, and it was just like... And that was it we weren't even talking about her and uh on to the next that's how she was she was talking about well when we get back what we're going to be doing when we start back training then when we're going to start back training and uh she'd say i don't, I don't want to be doing those oppressed stuff now you know i mean i just want to get back training as soon as we can that's all she was talking about that night yeah which was it was it was mad you know and not even really enjoying the moment because i, I look at I know we keep referencing back to football and I hear Rio Ferdinand saying things like that like when you know they used to win trophies it was like okay we've won that now on to the next yeah. it wasn't like let's celebrate in the moment yeah I think that's a mistake everyone makes our high level like even Kay and myself made it you know and like you say Alex Ferguson said that you got to enjoy the moment as well because it goes so quick you know yeah like you see then, then it's a memory then you know and you, I think I don't think top level but uh Athletes, I don't think they ever enjoy like the performance. Moment. Athletes, yeah. they just um, they just think about the next thing to to do, you know. So it's um, they want to win so much to win. Oh well, that's all now. Now well, what's the next thing to do? Mm. I think they're always. I think that's what happened with Fury, wasn't it? Because he didn't have anything more. He yeah, felt, you know. Yeah, and I think that's you know, that's I think why a lot of high performance athletes struggle after after they finish competing at anything. The, the struggle in life afterwards, you know. Well, there's a great thing in Germany when you have an high-performance athlete and then say you finished 
you finish your, your competitive era. They don't just let you stop. They, they, they cut you down to they train you three days a week, then they cut you down to two days a week. But they keep you on a programme for about three years afterwards, you know. Because it's... Yeah, um, just to gradually kind of... Gradually. Yeah. So you can see, you know, you know training's like a drug as well. And, and being in that... You know, no, no, being in that, I suppose... Environment. Environment all the time. It's something... It's hard to just stop out of, you know. It's... Yeah. You know, Especially because it's... I imagine it's all go. It's yeah, just... It's you're non-stop. All go and all of a sudden... You sat at home thinking, what am I going to do now? Yeah, playing and twiddling your thumbs. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's an hard transition, that is. I can imagine. I've never been in that uh, high-level environment or whatever, but I can imagine um, how tough that would be going from your training every day. And then again, age waits for nobody. No. And your body does start slowing down. I'm not saying Kate's slowing down or, or anything like that. I just mean in a general sense, then in time, I'm, you know. I'll be a car last night. Yeah. Like, you get hit with a jab next minute, you know. You'd, you'd have never known that till he got hit with the first jab and his punch resistance is gone. He, his legs stiffened up in the first round and he's gone. Sad to see. It's actually sad to see, you know. Um, every time he got hit with an half decent punch, like his legs were stiffening up and now and then. That's just your. With boxing, overnight your punch resistance goes. And the older you get, the less your body can take that kind of punishment, you yeah. know. And, you know, every time, you know, people say, who's going to win between Kel Brook and Amir Khan? So nobody knows how they've gone, what's gone in the training camps and everything. Nobody knows how well, after being out for so long, how well they're taking punches in, in training. And when you see that, it was like, I thought he'd done well even to last the six rounds. Mm. He showed, like, I mean, I can't show some heart last night. And, then, and again, as a coach, it was sad to see someone just, you know, decline so much, you know. Yeah, and then the, the, the stick that comes afterwards, I, I always find people... Um, you know, they, they like to think they're boxing experts. You know, what I mean, the, the the armchair fans like I would be an armchair fan, but I wouldn't give an opinion on a boxer or give them stick if they lost because it, it's fair enough if you're giving a, a team a stick or whatever. That that one individual is it's hanging on everything that they've done yeah. as well. I think it's very harsh. I is, but like, look, I've been. You know, you go to that's what you get in it for, I suppose. Isn't it? Yeah, but you go to international football matches, right, and then you have crowds there, and people think they don't realize people have got families there and. There was shy, shy, yeah, yeah. shy, and I like shy. He's playing international football. He will be. He can't clean his boots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Never, now, there's idiots he, everywhere in every sport. Unfortunately, yeah, that's yeah, just the nature of the beast, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like oh, that. That's brutal. Like then he goes see these lads getting into a white collar fight. You know what I mean? With yeah. Eyes closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's easy. Uh, Everyone's an expert. That, I find that annoying. You know, I find that frustrating. Yeah. You know, yeah, and they don't know what they've been through. Uh, all the punches they're taking coming up to that, you know, every spar they've had, like, you know, boxing is a spar that even when you come second, it's painful. Even when you when you win, it's painful. I mean, you know, you could win, like, you can win a fight and you still come out battered. I mean, did you stay in Mamie Khan's face after that fight there? And his body just full of bruises and, and roll burns. And, you know, you got to take his hat, your hat off to him, even. Yeah, you know? I think you have to respect anyone that gets in there, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's easier said than done. It's just, uh, yeah. Myself personally, obviously, I, I lean towards it, but I think it's the toughest part in the world, you know. And if you see what they go through every day, you know, it's um, it's, it's unbelievable, you know. Yeah, well, I, I'm friends with with some boxers and some of you have in your stable, and I've seen the, the stuff that they go through. Yeah, I, w I wouldn't fancy it, like, and I respect them for for the fact that they do it, you know. Yeah, but yeah. again, it comes back to like you as a coach, you would see this morning, noon, night, you know. Yeah. Um, but just. Just kind of bringing it back to what we were saying, you obviously went from one Olympics and the ne next Olympics there was kind of a separation. 
with uh, yourself and Katie, you're not coaching her. How was that? Because you'd said already that the IABA wouldn't let you coach her before. So uh, that was nothing to do with the IABA. That was just a personal, personal thing that happened. Uh, a personal thing, a family matter, you know, that happened. And, um, you know, like it's. I did. I obviously I didn't think it'd come to that, but it obviously did. Kay's got good, good morals and things, and she decided that they are split. That thing I, I was well documented. We managed split up, you know. There's a documentary. Yeah, it's well documented, you know. And um, so Kay said, "I'm gonna, look, I, you know, I can't, um, I can't have you in the corner. Just, you know, you know it's, it's affecting me, my, my mind. You know, it's just not good for the relationship." So. Okay, knew it was going to affect her performances, you know, but just just shows you the standard, that the character she has, that she was willing to, she's still willing to do that, you know, and um, so yeah. Is that so, tough for you, though? Because I know, yeah, look, look, it's a coach and a father thing as well. Then it is a hard dynamic, yeah, anyway. It was a heartbreaking. Like I don't watch Katie's fights even now. Oh really? I can't watch them because it, when I'm in the car, I have a bit of control. You know, I can be saying, "Do what he's doing," and I know what's happening in the training camps. I can't watch them. I only. No, we're in contact all the time, so okay. But um, I only. I know what you mean because you, you, you know, it's almost you. You have that involvement and that, that attachment. I yeah. get. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's hard to explain. It's but I know hard to mean. explain. You know, like, like you're I'm not. What you're not not watching it out of badness. It's, no, I just can't watch yeah. it because I can't Emotions. control anything. You know, yeah. and I can't control anything. Like when I was in the corner, I could control what was happening. You know, I mean, yeah. to, Well, to an extent, I could. Yeah. But um, and you're in the moment, then you know. But when I'm watching it, I'm saying. Shift, yeah, and you know, he's just. But I couldn't, I can't watch it. Like, I don't nearly have a heart attack when I'm watching it, you know. So, I watched the fight afterwards, and yeah, I, yeah. And then, and you know, the results, when I know the result, I watched the fight, you know, and um, I can sit back and enjoy it, then you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was, um, it was, it, it was heartbreaking, me, it was heartbreaking as well, and um, yeah, because we, the girl. Well, she didn't wait. She didn't, I just seen in the in the report came out for the judges at Katie winning, but she still lost the fight. How, how that happens in boxing, I don't know. But but she'd be in that my report come five times. We'd be in her five times before that, you know. So yeah, it was uh, it's tough, tough, tough times. Yeah, sorry to to bring it up. I didn't know. No, that no, was, no, I didn't no, know that was the way it went. Yeah, no, it was, it was, that's what it was. So it was tough. Like it was tough. I used to, oh crazy okay look and look where she is now like you know I mean by like it was look look it's still tough for me when I see Katie walking out now even professionally you know like I mean, like she was home on Christmas we we spent great we had a great great relationship we were a great relationship again but uh well it's even tough for me even now when like, she's finding Serrano next and it's tough uh, watching watching her walk out but I, like I said I don't watch the fight but it's tough for me like even now you know what I mean and you know, as a coach, you're always thinking, oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing it, you know. You're, but you can't even say it. But you yeah. can't say it, obviously you can't say it. No, I, I, like, obviously, we talk about boxing all the time. Like, we, she called, she, she was home for Christmas and we, we, we were up, we're meeting up every day. And see how we have bloody talk about with boxing, you know, that kind yeah. of way, you know. But I think that's great that you, you, you have a, somewhat of a strong relationship again, yeah. you know, which is what you need, yeah, especially because yeah. the moments you share together, it'd be such a shame if, you yeah, know, it, it, it wasn't a relationship yeah. there, but that's I'm I'm delighted now. Yeah, no, no, it is. It's great, and um, you know, so you know, I I I'd be very honest about uh, how she's boxing as well. You know, and now you know sometimes I don't think he boxed well there. Uh, 
I'll do this and she said, yeah, yeah, this happened, this happened and then we have great conversations, you know, and uh, you know what I'm not. But you know it is what it is now, you know, so um uh, just seeing the way she is now and how how far she's gone, it's it must be huge satisfaction for you. Because you, you gave her I suppose the platform to do it. Now she went out and done it herself, yeah, yeah that's fine, but you were there for a large part yeah, of that and a large chunk of that. Like I say, it just shows some character. I, and and to be honest, I don't think she'd have been where she was if I'd have been still involved because I don't think um I wouldn't have wanted it to turn pro. You know, and at the, at the time I was an amateur coach, I wasn't a professional coach. And then when I started training pros, it's different. It's actually a different training to what amateur boxing does. You know, and I I'd have been learning on the on the on the. I'd been learning as well while we were going on. You know, I would. I, I don't think I'd have been experienced of enough. Like uh, I, I probably wouldn't have. Uh, I don't know. It'd have been it'd have been tough. You know. Um, and I, like I said, I don't think I, I don't think we'd have uh, she'd have turned pro if I'd have been still involved, you know, because I, I wouldn't have wanted it, you know. I, professional boxing is business, isn't it? It's not um, it's not sport, really, you know. Yeah. You, know, you watch like if you if anyone was watching the boxing last night, you know, Fraser Clark boxing. Like, then you start the boxing. It's like it's not it's not matched. People are not matched up. It's not competitive fights are like journeyman getting battered you know mm. you know do you think that needs to be kind of more like the ufc where the best fight the best definitely 100 percent. like that's why they're losing support like the lads should be fighting they should be fighting lads fighting the, the, the best lads fighting the best lads it's crap you start off everyone's worried about the old oh, oh i'll get this one i'll get that one i'll get this one and uh and you, i mean one of the lads there fighting last night before a lad who was i don't know far now man two wins 73 losses two draws i mean come on you, you won't get that in an amateur what's fight. the point you won't get that in an amateur fight you yeah. know what i mean yeah you know so you know. i see a point but it, it is amazing like she is literally if you ever wanted a child or your daughter or even a, a boy to aspire to be someone as a role model katie is the perfect role model yeah look look what you see with katie is what you get and uh it's not put on she is yeah she, she you can see it that though yeah, it's she genuine lives life she's so genuine you know and uh like i say kind of saying to me you can't coach me anymore that that took some that took some for her to say to her father we 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 had such a strong bond that 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 was brave you know because she knows like first she's gonna hurt her boxing and she hurts her father you know what I mean, but like she's a standard she had to make that like it, like because they, obviously at the time it didn't hurt me, but I have so much respect for her for it. You know that was brave, a brave thing to do. You know. Yeah. You know, like, look, look what happened. It, it did, it did hurt in Rio, and um, but like, look, it's um, it, it was courageous. Mm, I suppose in some ways it's kind of worked out well for the two years in in some respects. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it was worked out well. Well, you're you're, you're coaching, yeah, and I'm coaching, going to come yeah, to that yeah, now. Yeah. You're coaching a lot of boxers off the back of it. You know, yeah. you your name and profile kind of went up a good bit yeah, from, yeah. from that too. That's yeah. more so what I mean. I don't I don't mean it. Yeah, in, yeah. In a bad yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, look, I'm enjoying it as well. Like like I, when your daughter's there's a lot of pressure on. I feel the pressure even when the lads fight, but you know when your daughter's fighting, the pressure's unbelievable. Like yeah. <clears throat> You know, it's like it's, it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, 
of uh, I still have a lot of pressure with the lads. I still feel for the lads, but the pressures. It's not so much of a pressure as a coach, but before I had a pressure as a father mm. and a coach. So do you think that's helped you in a way? It has helped me a little bit, yeah. uh, you know, and um, and like like you know, I can enjoy, I can I enjoy it more. Like, I can enjoy yeah. it a little bit more. Well, you kind of overcame that. Adver- like I wouldn't say adversity because um, when she's in there and stuff like that, it's a different type of kind of pressure. I, yeah, I get you. It's a different pressure. Like, I can, you can enjoy it a little bit more, you know. You know, you can go over to the likes of. Uh, whether on a, on a big Sky show or whatever show it is, Provellum show or whatever it's on, you can actually enjoy the occasion a little bit more. Yeah. You know, and um, whereas with Katie, I couldn't really, I didn't really enjoy it because it was just pressure. And then, like, you know, you kind of, I was managing her, so you were trying to keep the media at bay and this as well. Because uh, uh, I knew what, what kind of a type of a person she is, she, she did, you know. But well, now I can enjoy it a little bit more, you know. Yeah, well, that's good because... You know? It wasn't always like that. Um, I suppose just just jumping out because your, your separation with Katie, then you were still training the boxing gym. Then we obviously have that incident yeah. um, where there was the shooting up. Sure, and all. Yeah. That, I was reading up on that last night just before I came in. Just some of the like the stuff that came out about it was unbelievable, and it was, must have been horrible for you because you had to clear your name then after being struck. Yeah, look, uh, that's news. That's again, it's media, you know, newspapers and. Um Great story again. What is a great story? Katie Taylor's father got shot, target of a gunman, and when it wasn't the truth at all. At the end of the day, I can't go into too much in it because the trial starts again on next week. But uh, I got shot because I ran at the gunman to, to try stopping showing everybody else in the gym. You know, showing people in the gym, and uh, yeah, like at the at the time we didn't have. To, at the time, we didn't have time. I'd be terrified because it's just probably. I said, "Why is it fight or flight? Is it?" You just turn around and, and everybody was in the club. I also took under my responsibility when they're in my club. They're my responsibility, you know. So you're not gonna let. And they're all friends of mine. So no matter what happens, you're not gonna let anybody get in, get hurt or frenzy yours. You know what I mean? And uh, so that's kind of really kind of what happened. Mm. But they just the media made a bit. Uh, Thing of Pete Taylor was a target, the gunman Pete Taylor's. But all it is, he tells, sells stories because he's Katie Taylor's father, you know. Yeah. I read that the, you know, it was in the Independent, I read it was quotes from yourself just saying that, you know, you thought it was an air compression thing and you turned around yeah, in irritation. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it was like that, as you say, fire yeah, flight. And yeah, it's plugging in the bloody news sound for the, for the, for the morning class. And I just thought one of my air compressors had gone off. And I just turned around and see a man shooting away. Jeez. Yeah, that must have been nuts, though, Pete, because like I, I, I read, you know, people were diving on the floor, people were running into the, to the toilet and all, and it just like I, you know, you hear the shootings in America and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And it just sounds oh, horrendous. And then afterwards, like you're already dealing with the fact that you know, I, I believe you got struck and you were in a in a yeah, cast. Yeah, in there. You're this arm, your dad uh, in there and came out. Yeah, but put you on your back, didn't it? Yeah, he threw me in the air, yeah. But he was like, yeah, it's like, like, you, yeah, it was just, he just, I don't know, you started to explain, it's just all of all of an instant, you know, and then yeah. it's just instinct, you know, you just, like, I, at the time, I wasn't worried about myself, I was just thinking, geez, everyone's going to be bleeding shy, and I was, uh, I was standing beside a couple of girls, one girl's only 15, she's from Ireland, she's a lovely young one, she is, and she, they were all screaming, and I was thinking, geez, it's going to show the bleeding girls in there, you know, so, so then you just you know it's kind of safe fight or flight in it you know so, yeah so you just you know you just took to running trying to stop it try, just trying to stop it you know what I mean yeah 
and then just then obviously got shot then myself, you know. So that must be so annoying though, because you you know you said like you got shot, yeah. You, you probably lost a friend that day as well. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, so you have had enough, yeah. and then you have the media saying, "Oh, it's because of MTK." This was all in this article, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're not kind of going into it. Um, basically, the article said it was because of MTK and your involvement with MTK. I don't think you even have one, but anyway, then uh, the other one was, "Oh, you were the target," and all this. You've already been shot. You lost a friend. I don't think you need. Yeah, this on top of it, you know, know what I mean? It's, like, you know, it's just me. It must have been then, so horrible. You know, you know, I've involved in MTK. Like I've got boxes of box for MTK. I've got boxes of box for Mike Dunlop. I've got boxes of boxes for Irishboxing.com. Yeah, I'm a boxing coach. <laughs> obviously, I've got boxes, you know. Um, so, you know, and then, then you like you just say it's yeah, it was hard. It was hard. Like uh, you know, kind you know you. Like, I could have been killing myself. You're, you're, you yeah. know, you're risking your own. Like, you're risking your life. I read that you actually thought you were dying. Yeah, because the, the bullet was there. Like you know, but and then you risk anything. You know, Jesus. Uh, you know, you try, you try to do the right thing by, by saving people, and then you get slaughtered in the papers. I, I actually couldn't believe it. Like, I was actually. I, was I actually, couldn't believe it. I, I was in shock. Like you know, I said, Jesus Christ, I'm after bleeding, nearly being killed here. And if I. And where I was, I was in a car. I was cut in the where I actually was in the gym. I couldn't have been shot. I was in a car. I was the big cable machine was beside me. I couldn't have got bleeding shot. You know, and uh, then you know you're running, sticking, you bleeding yourself out there. And then, yeah, but, but it look, says they, it says that the guys day, knew that. They said in the trial, the, the trial was called off, and you know, the, the people who were there. They all know what happened. You know, that's the more what they, they were all friends of mine. They the people knew what happened, and they. They all replied in 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 the trial saying they, they said if I if it wasn't me for me they could have all been shot. Like, you know, so like, I don't really care now. At the time it bothered me, but now I don't really care about it. You know what I mean? Because well, you lost a lot out of it. You know, you yeah, lost the like, gym and you lost. Uh, look, I lost my friend. Like that was the biggest thing well. that killed me. You know, like he used to go to all the fights. I used to train with Bobby. You know, Bobby was, you know, never missed a training session. Trained out there twice a day. You know, yeah. and. Um, then obviously the clubs, then the, the, the way the council acted, reacted as well, changed the locks of the club. So while I was in hospital, you know, and then they, they come round and try change, change things. Oh, it's because he didn't pay the rent. It was actually bullshit, like he didn't pay the rent. They tried to put my rent up to 50,000 euro a year from, from from nothing. And then we had letters saying, let's sit down and talk about it. I said, okay, we'll sit down and talk about it. Sorry, but they never sat down to talk about it. They waited till I was in hospital and they changed the locks, and then they tried to use this as a rent thing as an excuse. It's actually rubby bullshit, like you know what I mean. And shower liars as well, you know what I mean. And uh, and then you you, you like uh, things in corporate, like disgraceful. I think that club's still 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 locked up and no one in it. And then then you look and you see big harbour development going on in Bray. All the the factories beside it have all been sold now for apartments. So maybe they don't want a boxing club there anyway. In the middle of this big yeah. bleed the Arbor development, you know what I mean? But it's all like political, like. But at the end of the day, the the biggest tragedy of it is it was Bobby losing his life. You know, it's you know what I mean, and you know so. But uh, well, I'm sorry uh, to, to to bring it up like no, that. No, it is, but like, and then the papers made it all about. Kay Taylor's dad and it should have been about Bobby yeah, but yeah not about Kay Taylor's yeah. dad you know, know. well it must have been hard for you as well and obviously their family 
and everybody probably associate with the club that you know you just are getting tarnished with this horrible name yeah, and, yeah. you know it's the, the, the well the person who fired the bullets should have been the one getting the, the yeah, that's it you know uh, yeah whatever yeah it should be but like but that's just my opinion I know you can't really speak about it no I can't really speak but like you know um, yeah it's like oh well like it's actually disgraceful like someone coming into a bleeding boxing club uh, where everyone's training and not and not showing the, if you have a problem with someone come in and show a pair of balls there's a boxing ring there coming in hiding behind there a mask and a bleeding gun whoever the problem is whoever the problem in the club he had a problem with you know, whatever the problem was with, come in and show a little bit of uh, uh, balls, balls, you know basically. what I mean, basically, yeah. you know what I mean, like, you know, instead of going around like a bleeding coward. Like no, it is, it's cowardly, cowardly, it is cowardly, yeah, cowardly you know, it's um, the type of person that probably would never get in the ring, but anyway, um, you know, from that I read as well, you were jobless, homeless, yeah. off the back of that, so not only did you, you lost a friend, you've lost your, your, your home, you've lost your, you know, livelihood, how did you bounce back from that? You know, we're in the Coliseum oh, here today, and I know yeah. you're training here, so it was hard, like the show, because when when we came out with it, so I didn't know what was happening. Jesus, like, like, like all of a sudden, you know, you're not being involved in criminality in your life, and all of a sudden you're being shot, and you're going, jeez, oh, then you're reading the paper saying, "Holy oh, Jesus," you know, it's starting early believing in yourself, thinking, oh, "Jesus, what, what was this all over?" So you got went back to where where I was living. I was renting. I was renting a place, and the the neighbours had gone to the landlord. Said we don't want him back here because they were reading the papers as well. So I said, look, I had no club then to train the lads in as well. So like I said, I had this frame on my arm. So I said I need a second opinion on me on, on my arm. So I went over that. Um, I went to Europe to to Poland to get a second opinion on my arm. You know because was, at the time they were saying my arm might. I might, I could lose my arm, you know. Yeah, so, amputated. Wasn't it? Amputated, yeah. you know. So I was thinking, Jesus, we'd rather be dead than lose my bleeding arm, you know. And so I went over and got a second opinion. They're saying, oh, the lads in Ireland, the doctor in Ireland is doing a great job. He's, he's grand. He, he should, he could, he could, he could fix. It's the only way around it, you know. But um, if you see, you've got a chance you could lose your arm, you know. Because at the time, I think it was uh, like a sixty percent chance of losing my arm. So I kind of didn't know what to do. So I, moved, I went to England then, and then I went around a few gyms in England, and a few of the gyms in England, like, were saying, hey, you can train here if you want, you know. So contacted the lads, and then I said, oh, we want to come back training with you. And I had Gary Cully at the time, Davey Oliver, and um, and Luke Keeler, you know. Yeah. And um, they came over and started training in England with me, you know, which is a huge commitment as well for them. They were flying over, we were training, and they were flying back, and, and then... I think I'm thinking about yeah. Gary had a fight two weeks later, so up in um, in Belfast. So I was in the corner two weeks later for Gary's fight. Um, I was in agony at this stage, and this this thing was bleeding. And these it looked quite uh, awkward. Uh, they the were drilled into my bones. They were that was yeah. drilled in my bone, you know. And uh, oh, it, was, it was painful. They had to be cleaned twice a day, and it was a, a nightmare. But but uh, fair play to my lads. I was in England for five weeks. I hated it over there. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get back, and the lads were um, still travelling over to me and training with me, you know, and um, which was financially a huge burden on them as well. Then they said, uh, Johnny had out of Coliseum said, "See if he wants to train here, he's welcome." So and then I came back here and started training at Coliseum, and look, the owner of the Coliseum, John Flynn, <coughs> he had the ring downstairs, and he said, 
he said, how, how, is it got, how is it for you down there? Was, what's the fact? We had, only had a few bags. I said, ah, we kind of need his own, his own area. So then he built upstairs here, then and he extended and he extended. He's done everything for us and it's been great. So now we've got a great stable now, lads. Here. I think we've got 12 pros now. I've got Gary Cully out now against in the 12th of March against Vasquez, he fought Canelo twice. And, and you had Luke, Luke was... Luke fought for a world title, yeah. yeah. Um, Davey Oliver won two European titles. Tommy Mack won the European title. Yeah, you got Tyrone as well. Tyrone. The two of them. Yeah, two Tyrones, yeah. Um, Paul Ryan, the 3-0 first round knockout, you know, there last week, you know. Um, look, the lads are flying, the other lads are flying, you know. Um, and with a busy busy month ahead now as well so it's on, onwards and upwards you know yeah how, how are you finding though, the, the coaching just in that respect you've got so many fighters now this seems to be the hub like if you're, you're an up and comer fighter this seems to be the place to go now that's yeah. why I said to you earlier you know it probably didn't pan out as bad for you because yeah. you were getting a good reputation from a boxing point of view yeah look we, we train you know some people say oh you have too many pros like, how, do you, how do you concentrate on the I we don't have to go looking for sparring. We've got the best with Sean McCool here, like, you know, Jazza Dickens from from Liverpool, you know. Jazza's fought for two world titles. Um, Sean McCool, brilliant, absolute brilliant amateur, you know. Uh, Gary Cully, like, we, we've got the top, we've got the top pros. We, uh, these all lads were top amateurs as well in, in, in Ireland. And uh, we went over to England only last week for sparring. And uh, the first day they sparred, second day, we only after the lads only sparred we couldn't get sparred that day no one turned up to spar us so we're better sparring amongst ourselves now with 12 lads and, and we can everyone spars each other and the sparring there is phenomenal you know it's like you pay to watch the sparring there you know yeah yeah and um, so people need to come to us for sparring now you know so we don't have to go anywhere for sparring and um, you know when people say that oh, you've too many pros you've too many we are because we work as a team you know and if one if one lad has a fight, all the lads are in helping him. You know, yeah. they're all inspiring, and, uh, and they're all supporting each other on social media. Uh, yeah, and it, although it's an an individual sport, we, we work as a team. You know, yeah. And when what say Paul Ryan was fighting there last week, in, like I say, not taking man out in the first round. When we went over, we went over a few days before we sparred as well. So we, we were there for him, but we used that opportunity to spar. You know, then we've um, Tyrone. He's in. He's fighting in. With Gary's fighting in, in Nottingham on the 12th and then a week later with Tyrone in, in Dubai. So we're all going to go over for sparring then in Dubai, you know? Yeah. So it, it works out great, you know, and he's great. Um, camaraderie. Camaraderie. So that's yeah. brilliant, you know what I mean? And you can't buy that. I think that's nah. just something when, when, when something's clicking and something's going well, you have that. Yeah. And, and listen, what happens is I'm always getting calls for people to asking if they can hook up. And, and he's great because I say to the lads this, do you know anyone know this lad I say yeah what do you think of him yeah. do you, what do you think of will he add to the team or he won't add to the team so we just don't let people just don't come in and, and, and join the league we just don't yeah you need characters you yeah. need characters here you know and uh, yeah, we have characters here alright yeah, so, yeah like, no, but the, the lads you have I think are all great lads yeah the great uh, lads the ones that I know are definitely yeah. Good characters as well as good lads, yeah, and that's what you need. They're funny, know. and yeah. you know they add stuff like that. And you need yeah. that bit of banter yeah, as well. You do, and um, you know, with a boxing group, and yeah, you know, if everyone makes one mistake, they get slaughtered on it. You know that kind <laughs> of way. You know these, these bloody WhatsApp groups. You know, yeah. Now uh, oh, look, they, they, it's great. You know. Yeah, I suppose just lastly, just to finish on, um, you know, 
what's next for yourself? Is it just coaching? That's what you see yourself doing now? Um, yeah, at the moment we just we've just started. We've been doing renovations on the on the gym here now at the moment, and um, yeah, at the moment they see how this year goes. Now, um, obviously, we've got this car case coming up now next week. Actually, this this murder trial, see how that goes, and then uh, and, and things like that. And um, with a few lads, I think in the next year they're going to be fighting for world titles. You know, it's exciting, exciting times ahead for us coaching wise. You know, Brilliant. and then maybe. After we win a couple of world titles, I think I'll retire then. <laughs> oh, well, why not? Hopefully, you get, hopefully you get we'll a, see, we'll a few. We'll see. We'll like, see. I, I don't know if I could retire. Like, I, I'd miss it too much, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I suppose you could still stay in it in some capacity, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where you could be an advisor or something like that. Yeah, like, like look. Like, um, I suppose while you've got your health, you know, you know, just... just I suppose like, you appreciate um, it more as well oh, after stuff, that. Yeah, I do. And, um, I, I look. I enjoy it. I love it. It's good, great buzz being around the lads, you know. And you know, it's um, it, it keeps you young and healthy as well, you know, because you, you every day you're demonstrating yourself as well, you know. So it keeps you fit as well, even the coaching end of it, you know. What I mean, so yeah, and that keeps you, I suppose, on the straight and narrow, right, you know. Yeah, it keeps your head right as well, you know. And uh, look, I do be. I'm in this gym. I'm here 12, 12 hours a day, you know. So it's, it's all you know, really, isn't it? All you know, and yeah. you know. Uh, if you're not in the gym, the only time I have a, I'm not in the gym, I'm on holiday, you know, so it's great, like, good life, you know. Yeah, well, that's what you want. But listen, uh, I think we'll, we'll leave it at that. It's been an amazing story, and I'm glad I got to witness it firsthand. So thanks very much oh, for your thank time. You. Thank you. It's great to be on. Thanks very much. Yeah, oh, that's excellent. Um, yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. Don't forget to um, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And... Uh, Leave a four-star rating. Leave your thoughts in the comments. Don't forget to follow Pete at @p_taylor_boxing on Instagram. Instagram, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Pete, uh, he also actually we ne never even touched on, it, but you do personal training, boxer yeah. size, and other things like that. So if you want to plug it, feel feel free. Yeah, no, yeah. The personal training. If anybody wants to learn to train like a professional boxer, just uh, DM me on Instagram. Happy days. There you go. Let us know your thoughts in the comments, and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much.